For him, I will never be just a memory. I'll always be a goal, always the thing that lies ahead, just out of reach. If I have anything to do with it, that's where I'll remain. But I know his hunger, his patience, his relentlessness. His heart beats once for every ten times mine does. And I'm so tired now. I wonder, here in the frigid cold, if the chase will end tonight, and which of us will be dead, really dead, when it's done. I stand in the bow and support myself on the rail. I remind myself that death is my easy escape. I can go there any time. All I have to do is to bend, drop my weight over the railing, and I will fall into black. But I won't do that, not tonight. We cling to life, don't we? Even the most pathetic among us, those of us with the fewest reasons to keep drawing breath, we hold on. Still, it gives me some small comfort to know that death is an option, handy and at the ready. Finally, the cold and the wind are too much for me. I turn to make my way back to my tiny cabin, and that's when I see it the round, white eye of a spotlight coming up behind us, the small red and green navigation lights beneath it. The craft is still too far for me to hear its engine. I can just see the white point bouncing in the black. I turn to signal to the captain, but he's no longer at the helm. I think about climbing up to warn him, but I'm not sure it will do any good. I hesitate a moment and then decide I'd be better off finding a place to hide myself. If he's found me, there's nothing anyone will be able to do. I realize I am not surprised. I am not at all surprised that he has found me. I have been waiting. There is a familiar thud-thud in my chest as I look over into the big waters and think again about that dark temptation. It would be the ultimate defiance, to rob him of the only thing he's ever wanted, the ultimate way to show him that my life belonged to me and no one else. But a small round face with deep brown eyes framed by a chaos of golden curls, a tiny valentine of a mouth, keeps me on deck. She doesn't know that her mommy died today. I hope she won't have to grieve me to grow up broken and damaged by my early demise. That's why I have to stay alive, so that some day, hopefully sooner rather than later, I can go back to her and tell her why I named her what I did, so that I can take her in my arms and be the mother to her that I always wanted to be. But first, I have to fight and win. I'm not sure how much fight I have left in me, but I will fight. Not so much for the shattered, cored-out woman I have become, but for my daughter, Victory. Part One Cracked The fair Ophelia, nymph, in thy orisons be all my sins remembered. Hamlet, Act 3, Scene 1 Chapter 1 When my mother named me Ophelia, 
She thought she was being literary. She didn't realize she was being tragic. But then, I'm not sure she understood the concept of tragedy, the same way that people who are born into money don't realize they're rich, don't even know there is another way to live. She thought the name was beautiful, thought it sounded like a flower, knew it was from a famous story, play or novel she wouldn't have been able to tell you. I guess I should consider myself lucky since her other choices were Lolita and Gypsy Rose. At least Ophelia had some dignity. I'm thinking this as I push a cart through the produce aisle of my local supermarket, past rows of gleaming green apples and crisp blooms of lettuce, of fat, shiny oranges and taut, waxy red peppers. The overly familiar man in meats waves at me and gives me what I'm sure he thinks is a winning smile, but which only serves to make my skin crawl.